The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel. Today's message is pre-recorded. We will not be taking phone calls today. I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain or abide in me, and I will abide in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, and you are the branches. If a man remains in me, and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he's like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me, and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be given you. This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Welcome to Pilgrim's Progress. As we talk about this journey that all of us are called by the Holy Spirit to take as we leave behind that city of destruction and make our way as rapidly as possible toward the celestial city. There is a valley of the shadow of death to cross. America is coming to that valley of the shadow of death. It seems that every power of hell is arraigned right now in mass formation for the destruction of America, the destruction of our finances, certainly the destruction of our morality and of our families and of our children. Such wickedness has swept into America in the last three and a half years. It is beyond imagination I have never in all of my life seen such a level of frenzied wickedness as I have watched take place in America. Now, many of us in America have struggled with this, but because we are oriented toward thinking of ourselves, being focused on our personal issues of family job, pleasure. We've been focused on our own lives. Today I'm going to share with you a story out of Reese Howell's Intercessor where suddenly it's as though these precious people, about a hundred of them, are cut loose from being concerned about their own pleasure, their own life, their own family, It's as though suddenly they are cut loose to be concerned about Jesus Christ. 
and about the kingdom of God and heaven. Now we're coming to a time, no, we are at the time, when we must give very serious consideration. How can you possibly vote for a man who says he favors abortion? It breaks my heart to see many of the black brothers and sisters standing up for Barack Obama because he is a black man with no recognition that he has brought such wickedness into America, particularly concerning abortion. He favors abortion at any time in a woman's pregnancy. He's even gone further than that and publicly stated his approval of the killing of babies when the abortion is unsuccessful. He has taken such stands against life and liberty. How could a person with integrity possibly vote on a racial basis rather than on a moral basis? So I'm not trying to make you upset with me, but I am calling you to vote based on morality. And frankly, Romney has many negative points. I'm not pleased with that choice. But I tell you, I'm going to vote morality. I urge you to also vote morality and not vote race. Today I want to share with you this story. You'll find in the Second World War, they went against evil. And it was a horrendous battle. And it was in this battle that Reese Howell's health actually broke as he was so intense in his intercession regarding what was happening with Nazism, with communism, with the wickedness of fascism. Oh, he saw the dangers of Stalinism. He warned against Stalinism. And yet God used Russia to help break the wickedness of Nazism. Once more, we're seeing a rising in the world Not this time a localized antichrist, for that's what Hitler was. He was a localized antichrist who had to be defeated. But today we see the arising antichrist, the real antichrist. We're seeing the lawless man arise in a one world government. We're watching, read the news, it's everywhere. The collapse of finances, the collapse of the dollar The collapse of the bond market, it's coming, it's very close. Men and women who believed that U.S. government treasuries were a safe haven are going to begin dumping their treasury bonds because they see they are not safe. It's time for the church to give up its little parochialisms. And stop worrying about itself 
and stop worrying about its pleasure and start focusing on the big national world stage events as the real Antichrist arises. I'm Ray Greenley, pastor of the National Prayer Chapel. Thank you for joining me today. You can go right now to nationalprayerchapel.com and we're streaming live there. You're welcome to watch that video. You also will find the audio and video from many other past broadcasts that I'm sure you will find helpful. Now, let me begin reading for you Reese Howe's Intercessor, Chapter 34, Intercession for Dunkirk. During the four years previous to the outbreak of World War II, as we have already seen, the Lord was changing the burden on Reese Howells from local concerns centering on the development of the college to national and international affairs. As he said, the world became our parish, and we were led to be responsible to intercede for countries and nations. We have also seen how the Lord was preparing in the company of the college a special instrument of intercession for the coming world crisis. And just a quick aside, this is precisely what I am doing at the National Prayer Chapel. I am asking the Lord if he would make us into an instrument that he can use in his hand against the powers of the one world government as they arise not with violence, not with weapons of men, but with the weapons of heaven, with the weapons of God, interceding and crying out, standing by faith for God's people. It was in March 1936 that Mr. Howells began to see clearly that Hitler was Satan's agent for preventing the gospel going to every person. As he said later, in fighting Hitler, we have always said that we were not up against man, but the devil. Mussolini is a man, but Hitler is different. He could tell you the day this spirit came into him. For several years, Mr. Howe stressed the fact that God must destroy him if the vision of the gospel to every person was to be fulfilled. At first, he believed that God would prevent war altogether. We have seen how the college fought through on their knees during the Munich crisis and how they prayed and believed for peace. As the clouds over Europe grew darker, Mr. Howe still believed that God would intervene and prevent war. He stood to his prediction right up to the day of the declaration of war between Britain and Germany on September 3. 1939. Even then, he was not moved. Although people said that the predictions were wrong, he thanked God that he had made it. He said, if I had a choice again about making this prediction, I would make it tonight, although it has gone much further than we thought it would. Hitler must be put out of the way because if he isn't, he will come up against again in another two years. I want to know that the Holy Spirit is stronger than the devil 
in the Nazi system. This is the battle of the ages. And victory here means victory for millions of people. Now, I hope you understand. It is this same battle that we are watching shape once more. The dark clouds of war are arising. First, we go through a currency crisis. We have trade wars. And then they take us to the real war. War is on the horizon. Even now. Syria. Libya. Egypt. Israel. Nigeria. Turkey. War is arising on every hand. Between Japan and China. Between North Korea and South Korea. Between America and Russia. Between America and China. We see on every hand the building storm. This is going to be the final war. This is the battle between the devil and Jesus Christ. I hope you can move beyond your own small parochial thought and see that the war is being set between God and the devil. The final war. The Antichrist will arise, but by the breath of the mouth of Jesus, he will be destroyed, and with him the devil will be cast into that lake of fire, never again to arise. Now, I wish I could believe in a pre-tribulation rapture. I can't. It's not in the scriptures. The teaching of scripture is very clear that we are going to walk in this great time of upheaval that is coming upon the world. We are going to be used by God as prayer intercessors. We're going to be used by God to proclaim the gospel to every creature, as it says in Matthew, the 24th chapter. This is the final great battle between God and Satan. He's not going to take his children out of this battle. Instead, he's preparing us for this battle. Preparing us to be on our knees. Preparing us to intercede. And to proclaim boldly the final gospel, the eternal gospel as described in Revelation, the 14th chapter. This whole second world war was simply a practice run by the devil with the Antichrist spirit. On the day of the declaration of war, Reese House published the following statement. The Lord has made known to us that he is going to destroy Hitler and the Nazi regime, that the world may know that it was God and God alone who has scattered the dictators. Three and a half years ago, the college prayed this prayer for weeks and months, and we finally believe he will now answer it. God has now isolated Germany so that he may get at this evil system, which is the Antichrist, and release Germany, the land of the Reformation. He will deal with the Nazis as he dealt with the Egyptian army in the time of Moses. God will cause Hitler to fall on the battlefield or by a mutiny of great rising up in Germany against the Nazis. 
So far from the declaration of war shaking him and those with him, it only sent them more determined than ever to their knees. They were now called in a new way to pay the vow they had made three years before to give their lives over to the fight for the battle of the kingdom of God as really as if called to fight on the Western Front. This stand of faith against war in order that the gospel might not be hindered was proved to be God's way of placing upon that company a responsibility from which they could never come free until the enemy that God was dealing with should be destroyed. I want you to see, until this one world government has been destroyed, the burden of intercession and prayer cannot be lifted from God's people. We must side with Jesus Christ against Babylon. We must side with Jesus Christ against the beast power of Revelation. Now is the time. The beast power is arising even as I'm sitting here speaking with you. Will you be used by God in prayer? to blunt the power of the Antichrist one world government, that men and women could be brought into the kingdom of God before the final day of judgment comes. When after a month of hostilities, an offer of peace was made by Hitler, the college stood with the prime minister in stating that war must be continued until Hitlerism is overthrown even though, like so many more, the college had much to lose by the war's continuance. The conviction of the college was expressed in the title of a book which Mr. Howes wrote in the opening weeks of the war, which was published in December 1939, called God Challenges the Dictators, Doom of the Nazis Predicted. In it, he said, the God of Daniel will deliver Pastor Niemöller and the hundreds of other German evangelicals who have followed him to the concentration camps. Their places will one day be occupied by the fanatical Nazi leaders if any of them escape a speedy death. After an indictment of Mussolini, he stated, when victory over Germany comes, Ethiopia should be given back to the Ethiopians. And this may also be in God's divine plan to evangelize Ethiopia. He also declared that Bolshevism and Soviet Russia are being used in the plan of God to break the evil Nazi regime. But Stalin, he predicted, the devil has used and may use yet this man to be the greatest foe to the church that the world has ever known. Although his confidence was that God would intervene to deal with the enemy, he wrote, we may have many a setback before he does so. It may be that we, like the Israelites, referring to Judges 20, will have to cry out to God in our extremity for the help which will certainly come. It is truly remarkable to look back now and realize that these things were in print before the end of 1939. Shortly after this, Mr. Howells made a further prediction which was published 
in the Western Mail on January 8, 1940, under the headline of Welch Bible College Director Urges Prayer to Stop the War. It quoted him as saying, If all the righteous in the country will send up effectual prayer, we feel sure that we shall prevail. What a relief to millions of people if God will intervene and bring the war to an end. Little did he imagine when the prediction was made, the days around that May 12 were to be the darkest in the history of his nation and the nearest the British had come in nearly 400 years to the invasion of her shores. It was on May 10 that Hitler's armored columns broke in on Holland and Belgium. May 29 was that never-to-be-forgotten date in British history, the Dunkirk evacuation to be followed shortly after by Mr. Churchill's memorial call to blood and sweat and toil and tears. In spite of this apparent setback, as we read the diaries of the daily college meetings, three meetings on most days, we find ourselves almost certainly not a fearful company, nor even chiefly among a praying one, but rather among those who are already on victory ground when all around men's hearts are failing them for fear. And what gave them such clarity and assurance that theirs was the victory? The outward death of the prediction. If we say God was not with them, we may well ask ourselves this question. Was there anywhere else in the whole of Britain or America or anywhere else among God's people, such a company, maybe a hundred strong, who were on their knees day by day holding fast the victory by faith while soldiers across the water were, were retreating mile by mile, whole countries surrendering, and the enemy within easy sight of their goal? From this time on, through all the years of the war, the whole college was in prayer every evening from 7 o'clock to midnight, with only a brief interval for supper. They never missed a day. This was in addition to an hour's prayer meeting in the, in the morning and often another at midday. There were many special periods when Every day was given up wholly to prayer and fasting. In the meeting just before May 12, Mr. Howell said, Through God we made the prediction. Through God we stand to it. And through God we are going against the enemy. He tells me tonight, don't you fear because of their prediction that you set out. Don't you fear the Nazis. I think what a glory it is that we don't need to change our prayers one bit in spite of the present developments. I'm so glad that it has been the kingdom we have had before us all the time in the last nine months, and I haven't a single regret. The Lord had said, I am going to deal with the Nazis. It has been a battle between the Holy Spirit and the devil which we have been fighting for four years. Again, I'm very concerned as I read this to you. I'm concerned that you don't understand 
that America will never be like it has been in our past again. That America is entering a dark, dark age and will not emerge from that darkness until Jesus Christ comes in glory in the clouds of heaven. The America we have known is gone. It will not reemerge. We are entering a very dark time of battle. This battle must be fought in the prayer closet. It must be fought in the pulpit. It must be fought for the souls of men for eternity. Now is not the time for polite little social things. It is a a rough gospel for rough hearts. It's time to proclaim Jesus is the Lord. And it's time to take up the weapons of the spirit and go to war against this one world government that is rapidly arising even as we watch. On May 12, when instead of peace having been declared, Hitler only two days before had invaded Holland and Belgium. Reese Howe said to the college meeting, we shall never defend the prediction. The point is, can God put a doubt in us who have really believed? If God tells you that this is delay, it's for his glory, then you must take victory in it. There is no glory in delay unless there was faith to put it through. I would be a different man today if, if there was failure, but the Holy Spirit is not a failure. I can really thank him for the delay. I wouldn't be without this experience for the world. Very strange that what is death in the eyes of the world is victory to the Holy Spirit. The next day he said, We could never have had a greater death than in this prediction being delayed. But we are not going to have the resurrection on one point more than has gone to the cross. I preached victory yesterday without a visible victory. There is a death in every grade. But as really as you die, there will be fruit to a hundredfold. And again now, Have you died to your life? And are you alive in Jesus Christ? Do you see the gathering clouds of darkness over the world? Do you see the beast power arising? Do you see we're entering into the tribulation time? This is the end of the world. Jesus is coming again. And we get to be a part of this last day battle For Jesus Christ, it doesn't matter what it costs us. It doesn't matter if it costs us our physical lives. We are to be bold and stand for Jesus Christ, for truth, for integrity, for righteousness. Any of you who understand what I'm saying could never vote for President Obama. Because he is being used as a tool to establish the one world government. He is being used as a tool to destroy the economy of America. He's being used as a tool to crush religious freedom. If you don't understand this, you're blind and naked and your ears can't hear. I urge you, wake up. See where we stand. 
We are continuing the reading. We are going up to the battle, and I'm sure of victory as of the dawn. If you know you have faith for something, would you not go on until you got it? I would like this to ring out to the world. The Lord, he is the God. As the Nazis poured through Europe, the college stood daily before God. We quote from the notes taken of Mr. Howe's messages in these meetings. May 16, 9.30 a.m., the day after Holland had surrendered. Today is probably the greatest battle in history. Can God do something today? Now when the Germans say we have got the allies on the run, can God do it? Keep your eyes on God today and get this victory. 2 p.m. The Lord has made plain that the victory is for him and no one else. He is to have all the glory. God gets at the enemy visibly and invisibly through the army and through us. 5.30 p.m. The position is most serious in France, but even if the French and the British are fighting against such great odds, the Lord is able to help them. May 17, 9.30 a.m. God will not do a bit more through you than you have faith for. The victory last night was in seeing that no matter how near the enemy came, the Holy Ghost is stronger than he is. You are more responsible for this victory today than those men on the battlefield. You must be dead to everything else but this fight. 1 p.m. Because you have committed yourselves, you are responsible. You will never have peace again until the world has peace. But you have a place in the cleft of the rock. 3 p.m. You are here until the Nazis are put out. 7 p.m. If the Lord finds us quite willing in this death life and that we have got victory in the test, will he allow us to prevail upon him now to finish it? If we believed last Sunday or last Saturday, we are believing tonight. I'm not willing that thousands of our boys should be lost because there has to be the doom of the Nazis. And it will come now if we can prevail. If this has been a failure, God would have been against us, but he shows he is pleased with us. May 18, 9.30 a.m. Unless God intervenes today in a miraculous way, I believe we have lost. I would be willing to die, but I cannot afford to die. Neither can we afford that Hitler should live. 2.30 p.m. I want to fight with this enemy against again this weekend as if it were the end of civilization. You don't leave anything to chance in this. Don't allow those young men at the front to do more than you do here. I do ask him to bring a real disaster to the Nazis this weekend. 6.30 p.m. As the Lord gave us the prediction, and we have had victory in it, and the delay has not changed our faith a bit, then we must come back and ask him when he is going to do it. I feel tonight that whatever those Nazis do, they cannot escape the Holy Spirit. Christianity is quite safe if you have faith 
you can leave it in his hand and he will intervene in the right time. We can't imagine when he's going to do it if we haven't got faith for him to do it. May 19, 9.30 a.m. These Nazis will destroy civilization. When they get near enough, God will deal with them. When the Holy Spirit has gone to the victory side, you could never convince the man or woman who has gone to the victory side with him that he is a failure. 9.15 p.m. Now is the best time to test the Bible in wars because we are in one ourselves. May 20, 9 a.m. The next 24 hours will be the crisis in this great battle. They are ready to take our country at any moment. Even before lunchtime, the history of the world may be changed. Such a thing as this has not happened to us before. And you do not know how much faith is needed We are coming to the Lord this morning and telling him our eyes are on him today. Unless he intervenes, we are lost. I don't doubt the Lord for one second, but I must be very careful. 2.30 p.m. I think tonight of sending the book, God challenges the dictators to Mr. Churchill to encourage him at this moment. The army is losing ground every day. In the book, it has been said that that man would not be able to end this, but that God has said, don't expect me to do it until you get to your extremity. The only thing we want the Lord to make plain to us is, are we in the place he wants us to be at this moment? The only thing I want is not to doubt in the time of crisis. And it is going to be a very real crisis. 7 p.m. I have sent the book to Mr. Chamberlain, Lord Halifax, and to Mr. Churchill in the darkest hour. May 21, 9 a.m. Fear of invasion. Yesterday was the darkest day in the history of this country, especially after the Prime Minister's speech. Everyone in town is expecting the enemy to invade this country. We've told the Lord, our lives are victory. We ought to pray now for the Lord to stop them coming over to this country. 2.30 p.m. We must pray for the Lord to keep the enemy in check. He's like a roaring lion. 7 p.m. The French Prime Minister says tonight is only a miracle that will save us. The test is whether the Bible is true. I'm willing to risk my life to prove it. And I want to tell you tonight that it is quite true. See that you believe that your believing is right. And if it is, you don't have need to worry or fear. May 22, 9 a.m. The world is in a panic today, and certainly we would be too unless we were quite sure the Lord had spoken to us. The destiny of England will be at stake today and tomorrow. 2.30 p.m. In a battle such as we are in today, we cannot trust in a meeting or in our feelings. We must go back to what God has told us. 
There is an enemy that we must keep in check until God does the big thing. From the night of May 22 to 25, Mr. Howells no longer came to the meetings. Other members of the staff took them. He went away alone with God to battle through, and as others have testified, the crushing burden of those days broke his body. He literally laid down his life in this intercession. May 26 was the day of public prayer in Britain. Mr. Churchill said of the May 26 service of intercession in Westminster Abbey, the English are loath to expose their feelings, but in my stall in the choir I could feel the pent-up, passionate emotion and also the fear of the congregation, not of death or of wounds of national loss, but of defeat and the final ruin of Britain. May 26, 9.30 a.m., Mr. Howells returned to the college meeting and said, All you can do today when a cry will go up from the country is to be in a position to take the answer from God. The question this morning is, can we take the answer? If you ever cried, you ought to cry today. Eleven fifteen a.m. How can you be sure that the Nazis will not take our country? All the leading people know today that unless God intervenes, we will be German slaves. We prayed for Ethiopia and other countries. So our cry is not a selfish one. 2.30 p.m. We are going against this beast as David went against Goliath. Again, I want to stop. Please don't be blind to the one world power beast that is arising in Europe even today. Don't be blind to the role President Obama is playing in bringing America down so that it can be a part of this one world government, removing our national spirit, destroying the economy so that we will be weakened. Don't miss what's happening on a geopolitical level that you would know in the spirit how to cry out against the evil that has risen against America and against Europe. The reason we cry out is that there are many souls who have not yet come to a decision about Jesus Christ, and we must come to that decision. Will you pray? Will you awaken from your American stupor of television and sports and all the wicked things that go on in America? And will you focus on this one central issue? Will you cry out to God regarding what's happening in America that revival will come to this land, that a standard of righteousness will be lifted up over this nation that churches will be enlivened, that pastors will be encouraged, that they'll stand firm in the pulpit and preach righteousness and holiness, that they'll preach the gospel of Jesus Christ and stop compromising with the devil. May 28, Mr. Howells again was alone with God 
In the meetings, the prayer was for God to intervene at Dunkirk and save the men. As the Spirit came upon them in prayer and supplication, what one prayed at the end expressed the assurance given to all. I feel sure something has happened. May 29 was the day of the evacuation of Dunkirk. Mr. House said, let us be clear in our prayer that the intercession is gained. The battle is the Holy Spirit's. See him outside yourselves tonight. He is there on the battlefield with his drawn sword. May 30, 7.30 p.m. From a worldly standpoint, there is no hope of victory. But God has said it. I would not come tonight and ask him to intervene because we have already said that he is going to intervene instead of bad news about our soldiers. If he is on the field of battle, he can change that and make it very good news. Oh, for God to lift us up tonight. We are not to run into any panic thinking the Nazis are going to win. Germany must be delivered as well as England and France. We may have to go through far greater sufferings yet, but I am not going to doubt the final issue. We state in the plainest terms, the enemy will not invade Christian England. When we look back now after these years, many in Britain still recall the terror of those days, remembering the miracle of Dunkirk acknowledging by various leaders to be a direct intervention from God, the calm sea allowing the smallest boat to cross, the almost complete evacuation of English troops, and then the lead Mr. Churchill gave to the nation. How thankful we are that God had this company of hidden intercessors whose lives were on the altar day after day as they stood in the gap for the deliverance of Britain. Our telephone number here in studio is 877-534-0780. You're welcome to call. Do you see the battle? Do you see the call to intercede? Do you see the arising one world government? Do you see the destruction of America, the moral decline, the financial collapse? Are you hearing from the Holy Spirit? Are you a servant of the Most High God? This is a battle that I wish I could continue. I'm standing by faith that I'll be able to continue this battle on national radio. But for now, it looks like failure. Wednesday of this week will be our last day on this AM station. As we withdraw, we go to the prayer closet. I invite you to come to the National Prayer Chapel. I invite you to join us for this battle against the darkness that is enveloping not just our nation, but the world. Do you see it's time to pray for a standard of righteousness to be lifted up in our nation? It's time for us to deal with sin. 
and righteousness. It's time for us to open our hearts to the Almighty. Now is not the time to lay down your sword and enjoy the pleasures of this world. We are at the final battle. We are at the final battle against the Antichrist power, the one world government that is arising. Henry Kissinger and all of his ilk have been speaking boldly about this one world government. The United Nations is preparing for this one world government. The European Union is preparing for this one world government. And yet many, so many of those who call themselves Christians have their head buried in the sand, hoping that this is just another bump in the road and that everything will come out all right and that they'll be able to pursue their dreams and they'll be able to continue living their wonderful American lifestyle. Their job is going to continue. I can tell you now it's not. We are entering into the most trying and difficult times of earth's history. Not just in the United States, but in Britain, in France, in Holland. Many of these places where the Reformation went forth in Germany today are pagan nations utterly casting away their religious faith. They are prime and right for the arising deceptive wicked beast power that will rule the world for those short three and a half years before the coming of our Lord and Savior. This is going to demand patience on the part of the saints. It's going to demand endurance on the part of the saints. It is even requiring the laying down of our lives in many nations. In Nigeria, in the Sudan, in Saudi Arabia, in Iraq, in Libya, in Syria, in many other parts of the world, precious Christian brothers and sisters are laying their lives down now for the gospel of Jesus Christ. In Egypt, the precious Coptic Christians are being killed and driven out of their land. The Lord said, when they persecute you in one place, shake the dust off your feet and flee to another place. And in that place, proclaim Jesus is Lord. Well, we live in a land where the, where the oil and the wine is spoken of in Revelation. We are the 1% of the world. But in this place, too, we are going to come into a place of desperate persecution. And many of us will lay our lives down for the sake of Jesus Christ. Now, if you don't see these things coming, it's because you've been blinded by Satan. You've been blinded by the love of the world. You've been unconscious. It's time to wake up. It's time to recognize the hour in which we live that Jesus is coming again. Don't hang on to your little 401ks. Don't hang on to your little retirements. Don't, don't try to hang on to your government social security. All of it is going to be disappearing soon. 
Have you prayed? Have you interceded for God's children? The churches of America are going the same way that the churches of Europe have gone. Filled with entertainment and foolishness. Filled with sentimentalism. There's no rough gospel. There's no gospel that challenges us to leave our wickedness behind and and follow after Jesus. How do you stand today? Where do you stand in Jesus Christ? I'm Ray Greenley, pastor of the National Prayer Chapel, and you're welcome to call. I'd love to hear from you. 877-534-0780. Are you willing to lay your life down as an intercessor? Are you willing to lay your life down for the people of God? To cry out to the God of heaven against what's coming upon this earth. If you're willing, then move into the prayer closet. Cry out to the God of heaven. And he will answer. Eric, do you see we have a telephone call? Could you pick that up? Our producer was very busy in the studio. So we have one call. We can take that one call. We're almost out of time. If you'd like to write to the National Prayer Chapel, and I'm giving you this contact information again because Wednesday we'll be off air. If you'd like to write to us, we're at Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. That's National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. Hi, Tom. Welcome. What would you like to share? Pastor Ray, it's been a while since we chatted. I had, uh, last time I saw you, I finally had to take a job, and I've been, (laughs) it's been like every second has been taken up of my life. I went today, and then we... We couldn't go to work, so uh, I'm out on the road. I think I'm a- Oop, I just lost a call. Uh, Tom, we have just a minute. Call me back. I'm sorry we lost you. These telephones are not cooperating today, but that's all right. I trust what Jesus is doing. I'm going to give you the information. Uh, you can also go to All Saints Anglican Church. That's where the National Prayer Chapel meets. All Saints Anglican Church. Uh, the National Prayer Chapel rents from them Sunday afternoon at 1230. And they're located at 14851 Gideon Drive, Woodbridge, Virginia. Now, I'm also going to give you a telephone number. I wouldn't do this normally, but I'm going to today. This is my personal cell number. And when I'm off air, if you need to reach me and you need me to pray with you, would you call me? It's 703-489-1785. 703 
489-1785. That is my personal, personal cell phone number. I'm giving it to those of you who might need it. If you need help and you need me to pray with you, even though I'm going to be off air, you're welcome to call me. Go to nationalprayerchapel.com and I'm going to continue putting up podcasts and videos there after I'm off air. And I'm going to stand by faith that the Lord will send that $1 million offering to put us on national radio. I'm just going to stand by faith. Would you stand with me? Let's pray. Almighty God, you've quickened my spirit and the spirit of each listening today. The battle is horrendous that we face. Lord, you see the storm. You see the damage. Lord, I ask for your deliverance for America. I plead for your people for safety in the storm. I ask for your grace to lift up a standard of righteousness in this nation. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. God bless you. I'll talk with you soon. His glory with great joy.